This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. There should be built in this idea that nobody wants their company to be responsible for this level of death and destruction. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simple delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. So look, the president has said for uh, some time now, when it comes to his uh, his number one economic priority, is to deal with inflation, is to make sure that we are lowering costs for Americans people, for the American people, for American families, Americans who have to come around the table, uh, you know, once a month in, in particular to figure out how are they going to pay those bills. Again, this is why the event that we're having uh, in less than 45 minutes to to uh, celebrate and talk talk about. You're here from the president about the inflation reduction. Act is so critical. That is why Democrats and this president uh, took took the you know did the hard work to get that done. Is to lower costs on health care, to lower cost on prescription drugs. I need to be drunk uh, to and, hear this. Uh, and also energy cost as well. Look, when you look at the data, the inflation data. Uh, yeah, we're we're, we're looking we're at it. more progress, bringing global inflation down in the U.S. economy, as I just stated moments ago. Overall, uh, prices have been essentially flat in our country these these last two months. Uh, that is welcome news for American families essentially flat you know like your uh the heart rate on your your bank account essentially flat they're bragging about things being flat now okay uh dude your guess is as good as mine i mean it's so this is also crazy welcome to the show uh happy wednesday dana lash i don't know why i said it like that i did i'm in a really weird mood i'm in uh I don't know what I mean. It's just like I'm in one of those really weird moods that everything I just want to make fun of everything because everything is stupid. I got a lot to unpack on you guys. You get if you get the newsletter, which I highly encourage that you do. It's an accompaniment to the radio program and the simulcast and all of that. So I highly encourage you to go and get it. I got into some of it already. I got into some of what we're going to be talking about already. And that's, that has to do with some of the GOP maneuvering and everything else. But can I just say one? I thought this was a joke. Did you see what happened at the party yesterday? Oh, yeah. uh, I was astounded. First off, I, I didn't know that he was still alive. So James Taylor was brought out of the James Taylor Reserve. And James Taylor, ladies and gentlemen... Played a song about suicide while the Dow plummeted. It's appropriate. Seems, seems a bit appropriate. This is him. 
Is this all they got? This is not a song you play at a party. Who plays that song at a party? Who plays that? That's not a song. you. Well, I mean, I guess if you're, you know, Joe Biden or whatever, but, you know, uh, I'm just curious as to who plays that song at a party. That's James Taylor, who apparently comes out for everything. Did he come out for, um, what did he, that came out for, they had him out, uh, uh, John Kerry, when they were playing to terrorists. Like, if you're going to have a song, like, you you would play, like, some cool in the gang or something. You know, a celebration. You'd, you'd have, like, or you'd have, I don't know, there's like a number of songs that I would play. Not that one. Not that song. That's not the song that I would play. And also, can just imagine, they're all, he's sitting there playing his acoustic, a song about suicide, and a inflation, well, it didn't reduce inflation, but you get what I'm saying. That's what they call it. The Inflation Reduction Act. So he's playing the song about suicide at this inflation, this inflation reduction act. And that sounded horrible. Just play to get play to put, 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 put the video up. I'm going to set the mood. Okay, I'm going to set the mood here. Got the James Taylor song. You got the fire and rain. And he's singing the song, which is horrible. It's horrible, horribly sad song. They're sitting there at the White House, and they're supposed to be celebrating this thing. The Dow is plummeting. Everybody's broke. And they bring him out to sing. Why do they always go to James Taylor? Hey, guys, what's James Taylor doing today? I mean, aren't there a lot of these celebrities that are big lefties? I mean, that's what we were told, right? So where are they? I mean, I'm just the staging. Who is staging this? Do they have is there? Do we have a mole in there? Do we got a is there a seriously? Is the do we got a double agent in there? I'm just wondering. Because this is what you would this is the setup you would have if you hated everybody there. That's what you would play. Golly. It sounded like a send off for an old folks home. It didn't sound like a celebration. It did. It's like that's what if you're gonna have like a going away to the home party, that's the celebration you have right there. That's the guy that you hire. So he brings out James Taylor to play the song about suicide as the Dow plummets to celebrate the quote unquote inflation reduction act. And um, that was right in the middle of the day. They decided to stop working and celebrate. Okay. Yeah. All right. We got it. And in the meantime, they had, they went on with their party. The economy was getting crushed. There was a really weird moment. Where is this at? Uh, well, at, C- at one point, CNN actually cut away. They said, yeah, it's a little hard to be celebratory because they had this weird they they were they were trying to cover it and you could tell that they were very uncomfortable with doing it because of everything that was happening. Listen to this because this is how they were discussing it. They were they were showing live footage and then they were discussing it like this is really weird. This is I thank the Republicans who stood up. Okay, you're listening there to President Biden at the White House. He's celebrating the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. He says that he's been fighting Big Pharma for decades. Um, But there is this unfortunate split screen right now with the Dow taking a total beating down more than 1,200 points. And so it feels like uh, it's hard to be celebratory for some people. 
Yeah, you th- for some people, like what, like who, who isn't affected negatively by this? Who isn't negatively affected? That's the big question. So this whole thing was just so bizarre. So he's touting this. He's touting this this ch- this climate change stuff. Nancy Pelosi, audio sound by five, was trying to uh, ex- ex- extol clapping. She was she was trying to get everyone to clap. Listen, to, well, because no one believes this. Listen. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. I, that's an applause line. <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking, guys. That's serious. Jill was applauding. <laughs> he was applauding for himself. I mean, okay, I get it, yeah. Golly, just so weird. Weird, weird, weird. So, celebrating this, CNN cuts away. Then you have MSNBC. They were even all, what? What's happening here? This is so this is so weird. MSNBC, they didn't they didn't even know how to handle this. They they actually were saying, well, it's you know, it's sky high inflation. You get the CPI report in showing that everybody's broke. Everybody's paying so much more than they were for basic everyday items. And MSNBC, I think we have this audio soundbite 16,000. Listen. Good morning. A tough day to have the big Inflation Reduction Act event, as they did at the White House, with this number that came out oh gosh, yesterday. Housing, so food, all kinds of uh, sectors seeing inflation. Gas prices are down, which was some good news over the last couple of months, but a tough number yesterday. A tough number yesterday. It's interesting because they knew the number was coming yesterday, and yet they scheduled the event. Yeah, they knew the number was coming, and they scheduled it anyway. I guess they thought that they could distract from it. I mean, I really, I don't. They thought that this party would just you, you're not going to distract from people who are broke, people who are broke. They you're not going to distract from from the pain that they feel in their wallets. Not going to happen. So MSNBC was quizzical. CNN even just wild. And he celebrated it, celebrated it. Meanwhile, income inequality has spiked under Biden for the first time in 10 years. It's hit this number. It's an index that's used as a common measure of inequality between the lowest and highest earners in society. And it's measured using data from the U.S. Census Bureau. It's called the Gini Index, G-I-N-I. And it ranges from zero to one. Zero is total uh, income equality. Uh, And the number, it went from 0.4 to 1.2. According to the Census Bureau, and these numbers were released yesterday, late afternoon. The increase was driven primarily by the measurable decline in inflation-adjusted earnings. The invisible tax, which is hitting the poorest of the 10% of American households. And then the richest 10% seeing statistically no significant changes in their overall income. They and they have more money than they 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 don't notice it. But I was told wages are up. That's true, Kane. We were told by reliable sources that the the wages were indeed up. Tis true, they said. Apparently not. The poorest ten percent of households saw their real incomes decline over fifteen thousand. Actually, it's approximately fifteen thousand six hundred sixty dollars. Wow. That's like 4.5% less than they made in 2020, according to the Census Bureau. And Oh, man, this is bad. Bad, bad, bad. But the wages were up. 
Hey, this is let's celebrate. Yeah. Here, play some more of that James Taylor. I'm going to read some of these numbers. Play some more James Taylor. Yeah, let's get this cuz you know, celebration yesterday, right? Poverty levels rose slightly. They're up to 11.6%, up from 11.4%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, declining income. No, keep it going. For the poorest Americans, it coincides, Kane, with historically high increases to the price of food, rent, and utilities. Everything is so expensive. Let's celebrate. Food is more expensive. Energy is more expensive. You're going to go broke heating your homes this year. Thanks, Joe Biden. So wonderful. Thank you for these gifts. Increased 40-year high, seven months running food prices. And consumers are trying to go to dollar stores to get everything that they need. Oh, wait, no, I need more James Taylor because I got rent costs. I'm not even done with the savings, Kane, the celebration. The cost of rent nationwide was up almost 7% year-on-year in August, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Yay! Wages aren't growing at all. In fact, the reason why we have this huge disparity between lowest and highest income that spiked higher than in, in 10 years under Joe Biden is because of inflation. Yay! Let's celebrate! In fact, rent for a single-family house increased Kane by almost 13.5% to an average of $2,495 in 2021. And that, combined with soaring property values, has actually ruined the ability of families to purchase homes. Let's hear more of this celebratory James Taylor song, shall we? Ah, feel the celebration. Yeah. Such great, just joyous time, right, Kane? Uh-huh. I mean, good time for celebration, right? Hmm. Good time for celebration. Now, what's more, I want to switch gears here because coming up, does Lindsey Graham want to blow Republican Senate chances? Apparently. We've got to have this discussion about the horrific timing of his bill that he introduced yesterday. And then Mike Pence speaks on it. We're going to talk about all of that. And here's a bombshell. So you knew that Fusion GPS, the firm that was hired by Hillary Clinton and the DNC to help with her campaign and help with Oppo, you knew, this was public knowledge, that they were actually working with the Kremlin and they were lobbying on behalf of Russian oligarchs to repeal the Magnitsky Act. I'll, I'll explain all of that coming up. Well, apparently now in association with this, more stuff from the Durham report The FBI used an actual Russian spy as an informant. And that's what they used as probable cause to spy on Americans. Not kidding. I've got receipts. Ammo is expensive and in short supply. Did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X? All the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X firearms training system is a no ammo, all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your own firearm like a like a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range. The Mantis X gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills, and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically, and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Ken Starr passed away, age 76, it was announced yesterday. The former independent counsel who headed the investigation that ended up leading to the impeachment of former President Bill Clinton passed away yesterday after a lengthy illness at age 76. He was also the former president of Baylor University. Very interesting and he had a very, he was apparently called, it, he, was, he was known to be a scholar and a gentleman and uh, he had, a, man, he was that was those were some times. That's why when I first heard about him was the whole Clinton, the whole Clinton thing. Uh, I have to share this story. This is kind of interesting. The uh, Queen apparently, the New York Post said, the Queen of uh, United Kingdom had a secret wee bowling talent, and as of such, was gifted. And I'm looking at the photo of it: a 24 karat gold Nintendo. Man, that's a baller Nintendo. She apparently thought it was super fun, and she loved wee bowling and played it frequently. Apparently, that's pretty interesting. Uh, and in addition to all of this, uh, well, there's uh, uh, Ted Cruz is introducing a bill adding safety improvements and mental health professionals at schools, including funding for SROs. If we can send money to Ukraine, why can't we do that? Yeah. Stick with us. we got more in store. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing, and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, America. American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 998899. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time known adversary in the case China, um, foreign buyers are buying up U.S. real estate, in some case farms around military installations. Is this on the administration's radar and what is being done perhaps to study this or to protect Americans from making sure that homes remain affordable and so on? I think the question of home ownership is a little bit out my out of my swim lane, but, but particularly when it comes to around military installations? What I will tell you is that uh, the president has been uh, nothing but clear about our concerns about Chinese uh, unfair trade practices and economic practices. That's not what she's asking, though. I, I understand that, ma'am. But, but that's not what she's asking. Buying up land around uh, military installations. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably not the right person to ask about home ownership here in the United States. It's not about home ownership. Dude, that's such a, that's such a specious dodge. That's John Kirby, who was answering questions about China purchasing a lot of land, and it had nothing to do with... I mean, this guy's NSC. He's been NSC since May. You're telling me that the guy, the high-up dude for NSC, does not know about 
massive amounts of land ownership. We're not talking about home ownership, okay? We're talking about massive amounts of land near military installations that the communist country of China, who is a geopolitical foe, has been allowed to purchase, which I'm not even sure how that's possible. Because if it's, you know, like with the Uranium One thing, you got to go, like when, when everybody was criticizing Hillary Clinton over that, me included, you have to go through a whole thing in order to make this these purchases happen. And I'm just... I'm I'm just kind of curious about this. Um, he's the State yeah, he's he's in the State Department. He's the coordinator for NSC. So why would he not know? Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you. Good to be with you this Wednesday, bottom of our first hour. So the FBI, and I've told you this before, they used an actual literal spy in order. This is wild. To obtain some kind of probable cause and spy on people. The FBI paid, literally hired a Russian spy, purchased Russian disinformation in order to frame the winner of a presidential election and spy on the private citizens who were merely advising his transitional uh, campaign, I want to say campaign cabinet, so to speak. His transitional team is the better way to put it. This was a story that came out yesterday, a pretty big bombshell. Igor Dushenko was the primary source for the discredited Steele dossier. And there are a number of entities reporting on this. There's Technofog. There's also the Federalist. There's also uh, John Solomon and a number of others. And this report, which is in court filings that are public... The 2016 campaign, they were saying, oh, well, they, you know, they were trying to make the argument that though there's some, there's Maraja, heard that over and over again, except the, the guy who was the, Durham persuaded the federal judge in this trial of Dushenko, that they wanted to unseal this motion revealing that he was the primary, the number one, mainly, I mean, pretty much the only source for that, that completely debunked steel gossip burn book i'm not calling it a dossier because that's like fancy speak for bs in this case he was they revealed that he was paid by the fbi as a human source for more than three years until he was fired because he was lying to the agents he's charged with five counts of lying to the bureau during the relationship he goes to trial next month in in, uh, virginia In March 2017, according to the filings, the FBI signed the defendant as a paid confidential human source for the FBI, and they terminated its source relationship in October 2020. Ooh, dang. As alleged in further detail below in the filings, which are available widely on the Internet as a PDF, the defendant lied to FBI agents during these interviews. So that means, I mean, this is the, they, they fired Chris Steele, the disgraced British spy, as a source because he had he was leaking to the media all this stuff and then they hired his informer to work with them even after the fbi knew he was a spy for russia and that he was lying about a lot of the stuff in the dossier that it was uncorroborated that's why the fbi would never verify it i don't know if you remember that back and forth in the early days but the fbi would not verify this because they could not the two main people involved with it were fired for lying repeatedly, and they never they they were never uh, transparent about sourcing. 
And Durham confirmed this in the report that they had major concerns. The Bureau had major concerns about Duchenko's ties to Russian intel. They found, look, they had opened up years prior a counter intel probe on him. They were investigating him because he was trying to apparently buy classified information from the Obama administration. Someone in the administration was trying to sell him something. That seems like a story that's overlooked. Holy wow. Yeah, from 2009 to 2011, he was the subject of an FBI counter-intel investigation. This is from the Durham report, the, the report itself. In late uh, 08, when he was employed by a prominent thing taken D.C., the defendant engaged two fellow employees about whether one of the employees might be willing or able in the future to provide classified information in exchange for money. And during the exchange, you know, ultimately the, it was all subsequently passed to the FBI. So they had already, they hired him even knowing all of this. This is, this is wild. Absolutely wild to me. And it's wild to me that this is not a bigger story. The Steele's, the Steele's, uh, his discredited source, a Russian spy who is a paid informant for the FBI. Does this give you confidence in the workings of the Bureau? No. That means, and this is coming from, there's a couple of things here. And looking at this, it's, it's showing that, I mean, I have no idea. This is the craziest thing. Technofog, by the way, was the, was the entity that published this first. Uh, I'm going to make sure we give proper uh, attribution. He was on the payroll. Dushenko was on the FBI payroll as a human confidential source for March 2017 through October 20. The that whole crossfire hurricane investigation, that's what the whole Mo Russia was. There was not any stage at which this thing was not entirely compromised and problematic. Because there were there was nothing. First off, every claim that they were making to even substantiate this thing was false in the first place. And it relied entirely. That's not me saying that. That's the that's that's Mueller, that's the inspector generals, everyone who's looked at this information. The entirety of this investigation relied upon the quote-unquote steel dossier, which was entirely debunked without question or appeal. Every single time there was an application made for FISA to get a surveillance warrant, to get this or that, there were problems with every single application. The process was not observed. That's what Bill Barr determined. The process was not observed. And it ended up where you had a FISA court that was allowing American citizens to be spied on under the false claim that it was a a national security issue when there's supposed to be a firewall in between there. So you can't use those powers of surveillance and, uh, and abuse that authority to target private citizens. And they misled everyone. And the FBI knew before. Here's the kicker. I mean, as though hiring a paid Russian spy wasn't enough. The third FISA warrant was submitted in April 2017. Everyone knew Igor Dushenko's associations before then. The FBI knew. Remember, they had him surveilled previously. Yet they hired him anyway. They hired him anyway. They made him a paid confidential human source in March 2017 a month before the third FISA warrant was submitted. Now, what significance does that hold? Well, that meant that Jim Comey and his FBI 
as a result of that new distinction being given to Dushenko, now could work and they could use him to support their counter-intel investigation into Trump. And it also... What, what's the what is the phrase when you're trying to hide your your sourcing and your witnesses and your methods and all of that because you know it's corrupt? You know the phrase bury the witness. Bury the witness. It protected the Mueller special counsel. Now, Technofog noted Horowitz's report concerning the Carter Page FISA warrants. Did Horowitz know that Dushenko was a confidential human source? So let me, let me put this in layman's terms. Imagine, you're, imagine if Republicans targeted a Democrat using a, a, an actual, literal Russian spy. And that the false claims were laundered through the press in order to establish a false probable cause to spy on everyone associated with said Democrat. If you think that Democrats riot a lot now, wait until something like that would happen. Can you imagine? So the so after accusing, how many years has this been going on, Kane? Oh, how many years? I'm trying not to get mad. How many years have they been saying, oh, this is Russian misinformation? Do you know what this proves? Do you know what this shows? Beyond any question, no doubt whatsoever, unequivocal, unequivocal, Uh, absolutely irrevocably it shows that the FBI fell for Russian misinformation. That's me being generous in motive. Because, see, I don't believe that they fell for Russian misinformation. I think that they hated the opponent more than they loved America. And so that they decided to work with a geopolitical foe, literally a commie spy, in order to target and I, I want you to look, regardless of whether you like Trump or not, that's a variable. Put it to the side. They wanted to target your vote. Undermining a free and fair election in the United States. And target you. Remember, politicians are only ever avatars of the people. And I think one of the greatest lies that they've been able to skate by on is that this is all about Trump. In some respects, he's the person they're going after. But he is literally the the representation. Uh, he's the manifestation of voter will in actual form. That's how he got elected office. It's not him they're going after. It's you. This is this makes Watergate look like child's play. This I think I honestly believe. I mean, I have my own conspiracy theories about JFK, but I honestly believe that this is the biggest political scandal in American history. Without a doubt. Just because they refuse to acknowledge it doesn't mean that it's not. I want to come back to this here later on. I also want to make sure that we get into this story. Because I, I've written a little bit about I've written I've written about this. I asked last night, does Lindsey Graham want to blow Republicans' chances in the Senate? Now Lindsey Graham has decided, now this was yesterday. Today we're fifty-four days away from midterm elections. Lindsey Graham decided yesterday, which was 55 days before midterm elections, that this is the time, this time right now, this would be the most excellent time of all times to throw a mulligan to Democrats with a new bill in the Senate. Now, the bill in the Senate 
is a bill that would limit abortion to, uh, what is it, 15 weeks. And there, I think, are some other things in there. And I really, I really bristle. I've had a couple of um, conservative friends who kind of want to use this as a measure of how much do you, how much do you support life, which I think it's kind of disingenuous. I think it's disingenuous to say that, well, um, you know, this, however much you support life, uh, that, that, mean, that means you support this bill. Like this idea that waiting 54 days for a potential majority in midterms, that is not the measure as to whether or not someone is devoted to the issue of life. That's illogical. So we're going to talk about this coming up because I'm going to lay out for you exactly along with the polling numbers in some of the most contested Senate races to show you how close it is. I'll explain to you if we win everything, this is the tiny little majority that we would have. If we don't win everything, this is what's going to happen. And this is how Graham's bill would impact each of these races. And already Republicans are going back and forth on it. McConnell seemed to pour some cold water on it, but then he was, we had a weird quote this morning. We're going to talk all about this coming up because it's a, it's a packed show today. And then also later on in our show, my friend David Limbaugh. Ammo is expensive and in short supply. Did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X? All the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X firearms training system is a no ammo, all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your own firearm like a, like a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range. The Mantis X gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically, and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's Mantis x.com red meat black coffee truth telling the dana show chapter and verse over at substack find us on youtube and facebook as well like and subscribe i've been uh, i haven't been following a lot of the royal stuff because there's so many things here in the united states to follow but can i just express that i really am not a fan of that uh, suitcase game show girl the lady who married that uh, ginger spare, what's his name? Henry, Harry, whatever, Harry. prince of, I don't know, Montecito, California. Is that his, I don't know. I just find it incredibly ironic that here you have an American that marries somebody from the, the, the Britain's royal family and wants privacy and doesn't want titles but then insists on being called duchess all the time and writes letters to people in American government and our government here in the United States and signs her name the duchess no one gives a fat rat's backside milady nobody cares good grief you want to talk about like social climbing and everyone keeps going oh it's racism no people don't like her because she seems like a capital B it's not because of anything else but that. I think a lot of people, I mean, I have a friend who's British and they are actually several friends who's, who are British and one of them really, really liked that whole setup in the beginning of the marriage and they were very excited about it and then it soured after 
they followed it way more way closely more closely than, than i did they sent me this video last night it's on instagram somewhere and it shows this um uh man who is who is dealing with a develop a, a mental or developmental uh, uh disability of some kind and his dad wants him to get a hug with this megan lady and she, you could, it was visible on camera. She did not want to be touched by him. And it was so weird and uncomfortable. And then it had the Kate, who has, I guess, the, the new princess or whatever go over. And she was hugging him and getting pictures with him. I'm like, hmm, there's a very clear difference. So coming up, why does Lindsey Graham want to blow Republican chances? Also, what's going on with courts in India? David Limbaugh joins us. All kinds of shenanigans. Stay with us. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super Beats Art Shoes are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. People are looking at whether they're satisfied with how things are going in the country. That's hard to run as a referendum against you, right? Right. It's much better when it's a choice. But to your point, it's largely flipped now, where people are saying the anger is in the part is is among the the, the members of the Democratic Party, which mm. is the party in power, which is so rare for that to be the case. Oh my gosh, that is a joke. It's Jen Psaki in her new role as what's she contributor for MSNBC or something to that effect. Welcome to the program. Second hour of the nationally syndicated radio show we are heard coast to coast by millions of intelligent genius americans who choose to listen to this broadcast every day and of course you can also get the simulcast i.e you or meaning you can watch it on the first youtube and facebook as well and there's also a chat you can join and talk to those people as well very fun group it's in the youtube section all right so Jen Psaki saying it's rare to see Democrats so angry. I think it's rare to see them happy. Even when they win, they're mad. In 2020, they were mad when they won. They've been mad. They're always mad because anger is that's their get out the vote thing. That's how they go. And that's how they that's how they get out the vote is with anger. And they're still doing it. I think that was there's no way I they've rioted for four years straight. What are you talking about? They they see they're really, really excited and I've been telling you about this. They desperately want, they need something. They need an issue so they can rush to their base and say, this issue right here is under threat. You have to come out and vote. No one wants to go out and vote for a party that has spiked income inequality, the highest it's been in a decade. Nobody wants to go out and vote for a party that gave you two tax increases. The first one was in his first year. Uh, of office and that was uh the big uh what bill was that it was his big infrastructure whatever bill then you have the not really stopping inflation bill which is another tax hike they don't really want to vote for someone who's increased gas prices 
They don't want to vote for someone who has whose economic policies have caused a 40 year high of inflation to the point where wages are not keeping up. So everybody's taking a pay cut and, and also on top of it, paying two tax increases and the invisible tax of inflation. Nobody wants to go out and vote for someone like that. So they can't run on any of those. They can't run on that record. They got to have something. Oh, we know abortion. They go to they go to that uh, closet and go dust off that coat. Let's go get some. Let's go. Let's run on this issue. It's crazy. And so that's what they're desperately wanting. I've seen headlight. They're begging for this fight. And so then we get to this point with Lindsey Graham. And this has made Republicans. This is what's so interesting about this. It's kind of in some ways it's a Rorschach test. In other ways, I think it's showing the big tent nature of the Republican Party. Because, see, there are a lot of there are libertarians that will vote Republican. Uh, because the Libertarian Party is kind of a, they're kind of crazy. They, I mean, in terms of, they seem disorganized on agenda and a, and, some, and where they stand. It's chaotic. So a lot of people, you know, you got conservatives, you have Republicans, you have some conservative independents, you have classical liberals who can't stand to vote for Democrats, you have uh, Libertarians. There's a lot of people, right? And that, that are under this tent now. And I will say that I think that, in addition to the judicial, the, uh, judicial agenda that Trump had, as I had called it uh, his last two years after midterms, that and, and, and expanding the Big Ten, I think, are his two big, those are his, I think, his two big success, his biggest successes. Now, well, in Abraham Accords. So Democrats have been begging for this. Now you have Lindsey Graham, who's introduced a bill. It's a it's a, a bill that that limits abortions to 15 weeks. And the reactions from different Republican factions are very te- are very interesting. There are some groups that say it is an insult that he's doing this. It should be at zero weeks because that's when they are that, you know, people are people upon conception. Um, it's not like they're dolphins or anything. You know, it's not like they're going to turn into it. I think it's is ageist to say that. I mean, you have the benefit of being born, so you can sit here and cast dispersions on the stage of someone else's development. You know, how very ableist and ageist of you. It's a place of privilege from which you speak. Let's acknowledge it. You know, in the, in the era of the left always talking about privilege. So there are people who say that, oh, it's, you know, it should be zero weeks. Then there are others, and these two circles kind of cross. It's like a Venn diagram, kind of, or the, the circles, right? Then there are some groups who say, well, I thought that we were going to say this was left to the states. You're taking this win away from us by doing this. Uh, Then there are others who just don't want to talk about it at all, either at the federal level or at the state level. They're like, shh. Ixnay on the abortion day. Okay. And then there are people like me who get all these issues. But I'm wondering why the timing. And here's how I put it. I looked at all of this last night. I was crunching numbers. The GOP barely stands to win Senate control. So in 2020, Democrats won 48 seats to Republicans, 50 seats. You had two independents who caucus with Democrats. This cycle, 35 seats in the Senate are up for reelection. 11 of those seats are rated solid or leans Democrat. And you have three toss ups that are kind of trending Democrat I will say, with the exception of what's going on in Nevada, it's back and forth between, uh, what is it, Cortez Masto, Masto Cortez, and Laxalt. And Republicans have 19 seats rated solid, likely, leans Republican. One is toss-up, 
And that Pennsylvania is now leaning Democrat. Republicans are, this is the RCP average of 0.5 ahead in Georgia. That is well within the margin of error. The Democrat incumbent in Nevada is barely one point ahead of Adam Laxalt. In Ohio, J.D. Vance is only pulling a couple of points ahead of Tim. Everybody who voted for Trump is a threat. Ryan. Republicans could, and that word could is doing some heavy lifting, Republicans could capture the Senate by plus two and hold nearly, it would be plus one seat, the same margin of control essentially that Democrats have now. These are ridiculously tight margins, which is why 54 days before all of these hotly contested races are determined, it is not the time to push an abortion bill if you love life. Now, that seems kind of counterintuitive, doesn't it? You're like, wait a minute, but we love life all the time. Yes, absolutely. But I'm very Machiavellian in my strategy. I want to win. I want to win and I don't want other people knowing that I want to win or how I'm going to win. That's key here. And I understand your questions. Why should we not work to minimize lives lost? Totally understandable and completely justified question. But the bill he's proposing doesn't do that. The bill is dead on arrival already. What it will do, and the success of this bill won't be in saving lives. The success of this bill will be as a flag to wave for every embattled Democrat candidate. Now, see, Republicans should have been making the argument that Democrats for years sat on their hands. I made this point yesterday. They sat on their hands because they wanted to use the issue of abortion as an agitator for an election turnout instead of preparing state by state for this to be a state's issue. Just as SCOTUS determined and Ruth Bader Ginsburg predicted. So. To be very blunt, Democrat leadership put their own base in a position of concern so as to manipulate them for votes. And you tell me if you think they love women. You have barely read candidates in Pennsylvania like Dr. Oz. Those people can be persuaded to go along with majority in a pro-life bill. That's after if he wins in 54 days. Because see, before that, Democrats will jump on this issue. John Fetterman will not even have to open his inarticulate privileged mouth because his party will dump millions and get ad buys that will do all of his talking for him. Cortez Masto in Nevada, she's going to sucker people in who think that Roe v. Wade was still somehow a privacy issue and use this new electoral ammunition against Laxalt and the sexists who think themselves biologists while situationally calling the topic a women's issue, they're going to eat it up. A lot of victory hinges on timing. Some Republicans get this. There are a lot of Republicans out there that are distancing themselves from this move. And one of those is Mitch McConnell. He's like, well, I don't know about, but, and he was very, his, pay attention to his words. He was saying, I don't know about before midterms. Is what he was saying. Like, oh, after, yeah. But, mm, because Democrats are begging for this fight. And I wrote, Lindsey Graham derpily hands him one. I don't want to hear the party establishment complain about candidates like Herschel, Walk- Herschel Walker in Georgia or Carrie Lake in Arizona when you got this kind of strategy. This is not a measure on whether or not you love life. 
because I think we all have the same end, but there are different means to go about it. And whether you wait 54 days or not is not compromising anything. It is timing. People who want this issue to succeed and really want to push it through, we don't want to gamble it on a bill literally 50 days before an election where nearly all of the the toss-up races we have to win are within the margin of error. We don't want to do it now in a Senate where we have no majority because that's going to jeopardize our chances of winning a majority and voting on something like this in the future. We're kneecapping our chances in the future to ever have anything like this. You want to sacrifice a more certain later for an immediate not going to happen now? Now, yes, Biden's going to veto it, but I think we're all in agreement that the chances of passing a bill like this dramatically improves after midterms and not before. I don't believe that Lindsey Graham is stupid. And I don't, I don't know if I believe the gossip that it's leadership wanting to punish everybody either because McConnell has, you know, he's kind of come out and been like, uh, here's a, I'll give him a chance to speak for himself. Here's audio sound by 13, Lindsey Graham. He's talking to Democrats on this. Listen. And so to my Democratic friends, you're going around calling all of us every name you can think of. We're a bunch of wackos. Your idea is wacko, not ours. Let's vote. Let's vote. Give me a chance to vote on this bill. We'll take her considerations and we'll vote. And I guarantee if we have a debate on the floor of the United States Senate where we can explain what we're doing versus what they would do, we'll do really you well know, with the American people. And over you're gonna time, give them You're going to give them so much ammunition. I understand the argument, too. And I don't discount this. Mike Pence weighed into this issue, and I don't entirely agree with him, but I understand the point that he's making. He was saying that, you know, I welcome, he said, I welcome all efforts. He told Real Clear Politics this. I welcome all efforts to advance the cause of life. And he goes, I think it's, a, it's imperative that Republicans and conservatives resolve that we will not shrink from the fight. And he said that, you know, uh, he was asked about McConnell telling reporters, we prefer that this be de- dealt with at the state level. And Pence says that he just believes advocating for a national ban as well as individual restrictions, quote, is profoundly more important than any short term politics. And he said he was convinced that enthusiasm amongst pro-life Americans is equal or greater than motivation from people that support abortion rights. I also think that you have a win. I disagree with him on not on not really enthusiasm, because I think that you with this issue, especially since we've won so many independents over. I think that there are people I've seen too many Republicans who are too inarticulate on this issue to win over a lot of the independents that they need to win over. And it's not that I disagree with these Republican candidates. I just think that if you're going to really put plant your flag on this hill, you better be able to defend it in such an articulate manner that it leaves no questions and it leaves no doubts. And not everybody can do it. Now, that's not a reason to not. I, I disagree that not waiting 54 days is shrinking from the fight. Rather, I think it's you have to make sure this is very Sun Tzu. You want the best numbers and you want the best strategy. I don't want to blow the chance for a majority because we want to act with a minority right now. It doesn't make any sense. They're giving Democrats a flag to wave. Now, there are some Republicans who are don't want this fight simply because they're soft on the issue. And I think that that's cowardice. 
But I want to win. I want to win a majority in the Senate so I can win not just on this issue, but other issues. So I disagree with Pence there. Caltech Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now, other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltech, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at keltechweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com and now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So the NBA suspended Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver for one year and fined him $10 million because a report found him guilty of engaging in what they said was racist and misogynistic language inside the workplace. $10 million. They said it was a 2016 incident where apparently... They said that uh, Sarver complained to a black Suns coach about a Golden State Warriors player using a slur uh, without receiving a technical foul. And apparently there was there was a lot going on here. Oh, my goodness. Democrats are spending fifty three million dollars to help MAGA Republicans win primaries. So they think that they're going to be they're trying to focus on it's not even MAGA candidates. They've been trying to recruit some other candidates that actually have no statewide name recognition, etc. But there have been a few that they've donated to because they think that they're going to be easier to beat in certain races. And the one of those is uh, Pritzker from Illinois and their association. They spent a lot of money on some of this. David Limbaugh joins us next. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Visit patriotmobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation using offer code Dana. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement, make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. Patriotmobile.com slash Dana. That's patriotmobile.com slash Dana, 972-PATRIOT. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's Chapter and Verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. Love that track from you 2 In God's Country. That's one of the best intros. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, I should say. Your lovable curmudgeon here, Dana Lash. And as always, you can listen coast-to-coast or watch the simulcast on the first YouTube, Facebook, etc., I am always excited to see when my friends do well, especially those who I think are smarter than me and uh, who are way more prolific with writing books. And my friend David Limbaugh 
He has a number of political books, but really in the past few years, he's been writing a lot of stuff, whether it's on New Testament or Life of Christ. He's got a brand new book out that I think is every parent's dream because he authored it with his oldest child. And it's called The Resurrected Jesus, The Church in the New Testament. And David Limbaugh authored this with his daughter, Kristen Limbaugh Bloom, which first off, and David joins us via Skype. David, congratulations on this book. But I have to say, congratulations on raising the type of daughter who co-authors a book like this with you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I, I want to get into all of this because I really, I love the way that you look at these. I, I love the way that you look at stories in the Bible and you also look at these issues. And I know this one is definitely something where you, I, I, I haven't started it yet, admittedly, but I am. This is my next book to read. And Thank I'm very you. excited to read it because I know that you draw a lot of parallels with what we're dealing with and how that applies to you know, our modern culture right now. I want to take it to this because I had written a piece about this last night. And this kind of, I think, gets into, you know, and I'm going to bring this back to your book. I, I wrote a piece on Lindsey Graham and this, this bill that he proposed this week in the Senate limiting abortions to 15 weeks. And I took a look at your Twitter account because, you know, I always do whenever I have people that are coming on, just in case you tweet something crazy right before the show starts, you know. And I love what you said here because you really, you really took Lindsey Graham to task. And I feel like this bill has spawned a couple of different reactions within the Republican Party. You had said that you, you asked him whether or not, because it's a limitation at 15 weeks, you asked him whether or not his decision was based on the leftist European practice of, of limiting it at 15 weeks and whether or not there's, you know, kind of other things that he follows leftist Europeans on. But then you added conservatives just won this constitutional point and now they offer to voluntarily surrender it, surrender it. You say, I'm, I swear I'm amazed at the lack of principle and utter cluelessness. You say not to mention how out of touch they are with their own base. I wanted to ask you about this issue because we just got it moved to the states. Where does this move like this? Where does I love your dog in the background? Where does this bill? <laughs> where does this bill take us? I can't control him. Um, I don't understand. Why is Lindsay? I've liked Lindsay. It's not like I'm trying to trash right, him. Right, right. But, but this, is, this is a gratuitous gift, and it looks like it's political. I mean, he often, too often looks political. This is about life. And one of the other tweets I said, he said, he said, he said he arbitrarily cut it off at 15 weeks or 16 because the baby feels pain. But this isn't about pain as, as important as it is. It's about life. Baby's alive at zero weeks, not 16 weeks, not 15 weeks, not only at 15 and 16. And the pain, by the way, if he's going to choose that marker, I've read six weeks they can feel pain in some studies. Who knows? But I don't know what it is, but it's an arbitrary marker. Why is he federalizing this anyway? If you're going to federalize it, then let's really go all the way and say the Constitution guarantees the right to life throughout. If you want to do that. But that's not what the decision says. The decision, the Dobbs decision says it returns it to the states. So get out of your, get out of the way, federal government. Who do you think you are? Yeah. And, and by the way, this reaching across the aisle, which is, by the way, kind of analogous to the principles in this book, every time conservatives reach across the aisle, we move the football closer to the left. They talk that we're, say we're extremists. We haven't become more conservative. You're not as old as I am since Reagan. We're the same conservatives. <clears throat> they have got increasingly Marxist now they're all AOC. You don't find, I have a lot of Democrat friends. None of them can claim they aren't supporting lockstep what, what she's doing. So we're in a war. 
I don't believe that we have a moral duty to reach out. It wouldn't work anyway. Jesus, by the way, didn't come. He's always co-opted by these people. He didn't come to unite. He said, I come to divide mother and father, brother and sister. Why? Not because he's not a unifier in spirit. I mean, he wants to unify the church and Paul wants him to unify the church, Christians, but because he represents truth and he knows that Satan is the ruler of this world. And by the way, sorry if I sound like a crazy man, but the Democratic Party is under the spell of the evil one. Because yeah, you, you don't at all. You can't promote the kind of ob objective evil they are. Celebration of murdering babies, mutilation of children, the denial of the confusion of gender on purpose against God's created order. I created them man and woman, man and woman, I created them. And a dis dis demolition of the law of the rule of law and law and order, two-tier justice system. It is so outrageous what's going on. I can't believe anyone isn't anyone anywhere in the United States can believe yeah. this is happening. I'm, this is why I'm so excited to read your new book, uh, co-authored with your daughter, The Resurrected Jesus, because you you touched on something, and this is why I wanted to start with this Lindsey Graham piece, and you went exactly where I was wanting to go. Because reaching across the aisle, it, it always seems as though we have to come with an offering, an offering of a principal sacrifice. Okay, well, we'll move from this and we'll, you know, okay, we'll go to 15 weeks and then we'll, we'll go to this. And as you note, I mean, there's no, there's, there's nothing in the Bible that says, you know, half good's better than no good. Right. That's not there's no nothing lukewarm in in that in that call to, to, to follow, you know, what we're supposed to follow either as people of faith or even as logic. In, 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 indeed, in, in the book of Revelation, it's great you use that term, lukewarm. Jesus condemns one of the churches for being lukewarm. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like these mealy-mouthed people, and he wasn't. These people say, God of the Old Testament mean, Jesus wonderfully nice, Paul mean again. No, Jesus was very stern about the truth. He, he didn't mince any words. But here's the problem with what Graham is doing and what so many establishment Republicans is off, have often done. They misread their base. They misread. Can't they see what, what gave rise to Trump in the first place? This very kind of thing, they're, they're, what he's doing is looking at the polls, the political wins, and misreading them, by the way, even then. He shouldn't do it, but he is, on the matter of life, the ultimate moral issue, he shouldn't look at the polls. But he is looking at the polls, or he's anticipating the polls hurting the Republican Party in the November election because the Democrats are all up in arms about the abortion thing. Let me tell you, that's not the case. What he, what he needs to understand is our base is pro-life through and through. I, in fact, I can't believe some of the people standing up alongside with him, some of the people who I have total respect for, I won't mention names, I'm, I'm shocked. The, Trump understands the base. We are the base, we're pro-life. You're not gonna win any in, independent, anybody that's independent these days is half nuts. I mean, the, the, how can you be independent with what's going on? Such a, <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> They're half nuts. I agree with you on that. Talking it's, with David Limbaugh. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, let's have some cojones and do what we're supposed to do instead of always. It, these guys never win. And when they do win, the Bush years and all that, they never advance the football because all they do is try to appease man instead of appease God, appease the other side instead of listening to their base. Didn't Trump show that you could grow the base without having to you know, compromise principle like in this fashion? He convinced you and me, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I was a recruit. I didn't think he was conservative. And then, boy, as soon as Hillary was nominated, it's all binary for me, and I'm exactly. all in Trump. But once he, I think he became a conservative because he realized he, these liberals, New York liberals he palled around with all his life, they weren't the good guys. He found out very quickly 
So he then began to learn. He was a quick study. I think he's a full-blown conservative now. I, I mean, do, too. I agree. Yes. I completely so, agree. You yeah. you touch on this. We're we're talking with David Limbaugh and his new book, The Resurrected Jesus, Resurrected Jesus, uh, co-authored with his daughter Kristen Limbaugh Bloom, uh, and it's. I'm so excited to read this, and I love the fact that you do touch on. Um, from what I, I have, like I said, I haven't read it. I have perused it. I've gone through, yeah. and because I, I'm, which has made me very excited to read it. The woke churches. Because this is an issue. Everything with politics is downstream from culture, which is what, something that we've yep. all said over and over again. We've had an issue even in my own church with some of the yep. wokery. I think that the, our church leadership has dialed it back a little bit because they heard a lot from not just us, but a lot of people in the church. But I've heard stories, David, as I'm sure you have as well, of people having to look for new churches to go to because it got more about uh, wokery than it did about Christ. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts on all this. Well, it, it amazes me that inside the church, especially younger, younger pastors and staff, they're increasingly left. They're indoctrinated in seminaries, many of them. <clears throat> and the culture is so powerful and the peer pressure. Now, instead of the church being a flagship uh, for biblical morality, it tries to please the culture and conform to the culture rather than influencing the culture to conform absolute truth and biblical principles, the Methodist Church, which I've been a member of for a year, forever, uh, is going to split because the American Methodists are so radically liberal, so woke. Ironically, the Africans outnumbers nine million. They've kept the church together because they're conservative. It is amazingly dis- disappointing. America's the beacon of hope, the beacon of freedom. We understand constitutional republicanism, and now other nations are ahead. Are, are, we're forfeiting all this right in front of our eyes, and it kills me. We'll never get up, give up on America, by the way. But these churches, uh, there's a lot of threats from within. Yeah. And if you don't adhere to biblical truth, there's no point in having a church. Exactly. And that's, the, and that's really the identity. I think that's the biggest way to defeat all of that critical race theory nonsense, all the, the other division that we see being pushed is because, and you talk a little bit about identity in this book, you know, Christian yeah. biblical identity. That's, yeah. the, that's the only identity. That is the, are you of the kingdom or not? That is the identity. Our identity as Christians is found in Christ. God wonderfully made us. He, he knows every hair on our head. In my case, that's fewer than yours. Uh, <laughs> quite a bit fewer. And uh, so it's easier for him to know me. They, they, you're more complex. See, you got more hair. So, I don't so, know that, how that works. <laughs> uh, your husband, Chris, he's got hair. He's got, God's got a real challenge with Chris. Oh, I mean, he's man. Go, oh, you know, down here. Yeah, he's here. got all that back that down there, too. But, but no, that's so true. What was the first part before you said identity? I wanted to. No, that's where our identity is as children of the kingdom. And that's ultimately yeah. the that's the route through which we should be. Everybody should be focusing on to defeat the CRT, which says, no, your identity is bound in your ethnicity or and, in, you know, your chosen identity and, and identity politics. We can identify as a man or a woman. And, and now now that is so narcissistic when you think about it. our yeah. identities in Christ. You know, you, they encourage people just to be get get your identity from your skin color or for your gender. It's pretty sad, but you know that this this um, church, this morale, this biblical, uh, or excuse me, this woke, these woke ideas in the church. I I really, it's hard for me to understand how churches can embrace them. And and why really? Why do you even want to bother? Why would you go to church? I mean, it's time consuming. If if all you're going to do is try to uh, please other men, 
it's it's there's no point in it and it's it's really a betrayal it's a betrayal of, of, of what christ did for us on the cross and i'll never understand how these churches can substitute these pagan religions and syncretism uh, and substitute it for the gospel of jesus christ and, and they got to live with themselves, but I'm not going to participate. Let me ask you this. this um, we're talking with David Limbaugh in his new book, The Resurrected Jesus, The Church in the New Testament. Do you see a, a sort—I keep hearing stories, I keep hearing rumors of Gen Z maybe being more conservative. Do you see this ever, the pendulum ever swinging back? I actually think there is something to that. I keep hearing that, too. Uh, but we have to remember the liberals wholly own the institutions— of our culture, the educational institutions, even the churches, as you were saying. Uh, And so these kids are getting indoctrinated and it's hard for parents to compete because kids are influenced more by their peers than their parents in in so many, in these kinds of issues. And so you gotta be a really strong parent, a strong influence, or your kids have to be obedient, whatever. And that doesn't happen very often. I'm Kristen, I, I got lucky with, you know, she's the oldest. Who knows whether whether the other four, and I'm not being facetious, there's strong pressures on kids not to be Christian, not to be conservative. I agree with that completely. And that's why I love the fact that your daughter co-wrote this book with you. I mean, that has to be, that's an amazing thing as a parent to see something like that. Very gratifying. Uh, You know, she she, uh, has been a spirit-filled prayer warrior from the beginning. We sent them to Christian schools and she never had doubts like I did coming to the faith, kicking and screaming. So I asked her if she would write this book with me. She, and, and add prayers in addition to contributing to the text. She, she's such a, uh, she has such a facility for prayer. Yeah. And I think it brings the reader closer to God, closer to Christ, uh, and helps the reader interact with scripture. One thing I wanted to say to you, the, the thing I lost my train of thought on earlier, I think that the liberals always have the advantage. You know, it's tougher being a conservative. As Rush used to say, it's easy to be a liberal because you can say things and, and, and everybody, the media will champion you and all that. But when you, when you uh, we don't believe in preaching from the public. We want to keep politics out. We conservatives. Liberals politicize everything. However, here's where liberals win on this point or, or have an advantage. When our pastors preach from the pulpit, they should be preaching biblical morality, which includes celebration of life, which means being against abortion. That is not political. That True. is moral, biblical morality. And yet they have defined it as So then we're preaching. No, we're not. So I'm all for, if you want to define politics as anything that is Christian conservative, which they do, by the way, we're all domestic terrorists, then yes, we should be political. But that's a false definition as they distort the language in this Orwellian dystopia we live in today but that's not but they politicize everything from the bit from the the get-go absolutely talking our friend david limbaugh and his new book the resurrected jesus and david i know i texted you after this we all loved your brother Uh, i mean he created my ability to work and uh, do what i do and we we love you as well and you guys you're the limbaugh family just non-stop contributing to american culture and we are grateful that you're continuing that. God love you. Thank you so much. And, and same here. You've been so great and a good friend throughout. And I appreciate what you do so much. And you're, you're so good at what you do. So uniquely good. Well, we and, thank and, you. And, and Rush, by the way, opened so many doors for me. I wouldn't be doing any of this. It doesn't matter how good you are. I'm not saying I'm good or bad. But you, you, you got to have a platform. you got to have a platform. And so that's, I wanted to help get Kristen a jump start. She's already writing op-eds for Fox. 
but I wanted to help her in the book writing business. We need smart, excited. beautiful Christian conservative yeah. women, and she checks all those boxes for sure. Thank we you. we have to get rolling. We're short on time. We'd love to have you back, and we're going to talk UFC next time you're on. Absolutely. We're, we're UFC fans. Yeah. Good to see you, my friend. God bless you. Thank Congratulations you. to you and your daughter. Thanks. Tell Chris hi. Will Thank do. You. Thanks so much. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. That question of working harder than ever before to reduce risk is an interesting one because from the basic concept of free markets, there should be built in this idea that nobody wants their company to be responsible for this level of death and destruction. I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Do the American people want that? Do they want McConnell, leader Mitch McConnell, to be majority leader and work to overturn, uh, to impose a nationwide ban on abortions? I don't think so. Now they're sort of running away from what their real beliefs are, but they're like the dog who caught the bus. For years they pushed to make this happen, unfortunately, to the detriment of over 100 million American women. Oh my gosh, stop speaking for us. And now don't. they don't know quite Please what don't. to do. Don't, don't. The erection. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Just, I, I can go without it. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Third hour of our, of our show here. This Wednesday, your lovable curmudgeon. I appreciate you joining us as we continue throughout our lovable journey here this afternoon. So, uh... That was, uh, as you can imagine, that was Chuck Schumer talking about Lindsey Graham's abortion bill, which has some pretty interesting, I mean, here we have some horrible economic numbers. Can I just get, will you please indulge me for just a minute more? We could be focusing on CPI, the CPI report. Kane, we could be focusing on the fact that income inequality, if you want to call it that, has now hit a 10-year high. Or inflation is a 40-year high. How gas prices are 75% more than what they were two years ago. Or how, well, for instance, let me pull up these numbers. In, so in Texas, I think they said the average American or the average Texas family, this is just in Texas, I don't know what it's like in your state. That Biden inflation is costing Texas families over $9,000 per year. Could be talking about all of this. But Lindsey Graham decides to Leroy Jenkins right out there into the Senate. Oh my gosh, what is happening? Do I need to explain the Leroy Jenkins phenomenon? Uh, I hope not, but maybe you should. You think I should? So, Leroy Jenkins, this was a uh, it was World of Warcraft game, and you had it was this was like back in 2005. Oh, it was a World of Warcraft game, and there were a bunch of characters, and you go in and you fight other characters, and it's you know character driven play. And uh, this, um, he decided to not wait for the group to come up with a strategy and just like bolted right into a battle, yelling his own name. And everyone's like, "Gosh, dang it, Leroy!" And they go in there and they have to, and they all get killed. They all get killed. He kills. He gets his whole team killed. So that's called your it's Leroy Jenkins. He screamed out his name before he just charged right into battle, killing himself and everybody else like a moron. 
And so now, and I was playing World of Warcraft. So that, that's that's where that comes from. That's what it's. Look, I understand people are like, oh, there's you know people are who are uh, they they say it's a good start. They say that this is it's a good thing that we're doing or that he's doing, and that his posi- his position is moral and responsible, etc. But, but but that's all great. But where's the strategy? Remember, we're, we're, it's kind of like Game of Thrones. You got to play if you don't want to, even if you don't want to. You're, you, you're wanting to advance this legend or this cause. If you want to advance the cause, you have to look at the best way to do it. 54 days. 54 days out. I swear to you, Kane, if I start seeing Fetter Woman ads about abortion, I'm going to pick up my four and a half foot gaming screen. I'm not going to throw it. I thought I was going to, but I can't. I just love it too much. I'm going to throw something else. And I'm going to riot. And what does that entail? That means I'm going to go to a banana republic and I'm going to kick over sweater sets that are stacked neatly on the table that greets you when you walk in because all stores have them. I'm going to go to Starbucks and I'm going to take their cake pops and throw them on the floor. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to riot. Riot hardcore. So I, I, it's just... It's just bad strategy. And so instead of talking about all this other stuff, he does two things. He makes it to where we're jeopardizing a potential majority that could actually pass something like this. Uh, Number two, it takes away the argument that we've been using to hold off Democrats until we have midterms that it's it's we're going to leave it to the states, which actually really ultimately it should be left to the states. This isn't an Article one, Section eight decision. I know you're tired of me saying that, but ultimately you should be tired of them uh, offending it or abridging it. Of betraying it. It should be that. If it's not something that is an enumerated power of the federal government, then it all goes back to the states. The end. So, I, the, first and foremost, this is Democrats' fault because they didn't do it. They just sat on, their, they sat on their backsides on purpose. This is the other thing we could be talking about. If Democrats cared about this issue so much, why did they do nothing about it state by state? Oh, because they knew that this day was going to come and they wanted to be able to scream, ban an abortion, so that you would be manipulated emotionally into turning out to protect something that they just didn't do on purpose so that they could manipulate you for a vote. Wow, but that's the party that cares about women. Sidebar. Whenever Second Amendment uh, supporters like myself call these same people's desire to ban semi-automatic rifles a gun ban and then the left goes no you can't say it's not banning all guns you can't say gun ban because it doesn't ban all guns okay well this doesn't ban all abortions so why do you get to call it an abortion ban Mm -hmm. interesting okay sidebar over we uh i a couple of other things that i wanted to i have a lot and i'm kind of all over the place on my rundown today sorry gents i know it's uh pretty fun trying to follow this <laughs> but i have a i there are other things that i wanted to hit do you realize that my pillows mike lindell and baron trump's room were apparently raided by the fbi before hunter biden yeah. do you guys know this i'm pulling up this story right now so apparently uh mike lindell says that the fbi seized his phone at a hardy's drive-thru Ooh, hardy's Sidebar, Kane, roast beef sandwich off, Lion's Choice or Hardee's? Oh Lion's Choice without a doubt. Steve, do you know what a Lion's Choice is? 
No, I've only heard of uh, Hardee's and Arby's. We, that's a big roast beef thing, too. But Wow. Well, even Arby's and Lion's Choice, I'd be choosing Lion's Choice. But if you had to choose between Arby's and Hardee's, what would you choose? Uh, probably Arby's. Arby's. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, me too. But Lion's Choice, oh my gosh. Is it only Missouri? Lion's Choice? I thought it was. I haven't seen a Lion's Choice. I've been in in several states, and I haven't seen a Lion's Choice in any other state but Missouri. If you've never been blessed enough to have consumed a delicious roast beef sandwich from Lion's Choice, I don't think you've really lived. I mean, it's worth it to drive 11 hours to Missouri to partake of the manna from heaven that is the Lion's Choice roast beef sandwich. If I could eat one sandwich for the rest of my life, it would be a Lion's Choice roast beef sandwich. They don't advertise with us. But every time I'm around them, when I'm back home, back home in Missouri, I got to have Emo's, Pasta House, and Lion's Choice. So they're they're only in St. Louis, KC, and then there's one on Missouri's campus. That's it. Oh, man, they're delicious. Yeah, so it pretty much is only Missouri. Man, it's worth it to go to Missouri for Lion's Choice. one here. In Dallas, we should franchise In my backyard that only I eat. That would be amazing because I would keep it in business. I'd be 5,000 pounds, but, you know, no shaming. It's very selfish. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because some people, you know, some people just aren't worthy. It's a, you know, it's a delicious, it's a delicious thing. It's almost holy. Just, oh, I'm just saying. All right. So back to my point. He was at a Hardee's. That's how we got there. Can you imagine your sit? My first thing was it like a morning? Was he getting a breakfast meal? Like what's up? So Mike Lindell, he's doing his thing. Is anybody more persecuted than this guy? No. I mean, my, we've had him on the show before. He's he seems lovable. He's like a nice guy. He's had a crazy story. If you're unfamiliar, he was at his lowest, and he was a drug addict, and his drug dealers literally staged an intervention for him. He told us this on air. They staged an intervention for him because they were worried about their number one client not being around anymore. And he got right, and he works with a lot of people, helps give them, give them a step back into life after they've either, you know, they've dealt with drugs or other addictions and that, and, and I think that's, that's, that's pretty commendable. And he was, you know, apparently says he was served with a subpoena for the contents of his phone, and he, he, he uh, gave an interview. He was talking to CNN. He said agents asked him questions about Tina Peters, the Mesa County, Colorado clerk. She's facing state charges uh, about voting machines, and she's pled not guilty. And they're investigating the security breach and all this other stuff. And, and he said that uh, on his, because he has a thing that he does online, and he said cars pulled up to the front of us and to the side of us, he was in a drive-thru in Minnesota at a Hardee's restaurant. And he goes, he goes, well, these are either bad guys or the FBI. I'm, I've got a statement on that. I mean, to, now I'm not saying this about all, I, I'm not going to say that. I'm tired of having to like kiss butt and make, oh, well, don't get mad at me. I mean, really, let's like, and optically, everybody thinks they're one and the same at this point. Okay, let's be real. So he's like, he goes, they, they, he goes, they're either the bad guys or the FBI. Well, it turns out they were the FBI. He said the agents presented him with a subpoena and asked for his phone. And he goes, well, I got some bad news. We're taking your cell phone. We have a warrant for your cell phone. He consulted his attorney, relented, gave the device to his agents. He goes, I want to say that they were pretty nice guys. None of them had attitude. And so he, it, it just weird, just weird. 
So apparently that's, so you're telling me, wait, wait a second, hold up, hold up. <laughs> oh, America, you're telling me that the my pillow guy gets headed off by the feds before the crack smoking hooker patronizing 10% for the big guy Hunter Biden? The guy who, whose sister-in-law slash lover threw a handgun in a trash can directly across the street from a school? The same guy who worked with China to get China ownership of different African nations' mineral rights? The guy who is getting paid because his dad's in a position of power and he's merching that out, for the lack of a better way to put it? That guy? The guy who set, who recorded himself on every device he had and overshared more than any millennial on TikTok ever. And he's 50-something years old. This guy? Two laptops. Two laptops. The Pillow guy gets raided. The guy who makes pillows. And the Percal bedsheets. MyPillow.com slash Dana. That guy? Yeah. At a Hardee's. Oh, man. I don't even know where to go with this. I mean, that just says something. In America, the guy who makes pillows can have his phone seized at a Hardee's. But don't you talk bad about Hunter Biden. The FBI will go and raid other people's houses because the drug addict daughter left her diary in a flophouse mattress. The 40-something-year-old. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) Family tradition. So don't tell me, Hunter, why do you drink? And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. This sounds like a B move. This is big B energy. Don't make me say what the B is. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, just apparently a new book came out. It said she cut ties with a close friend of hers, a friend she had for 50 years. Because she could not tolerate her friend's support of Trump. And you know, any support of Trump is considered by liberals, or I don't want to say liberals, progressives, to be quote-unquote rabbit. Carol Schwartz-Greenfield, the first female assistant vice president of the Fed in Boston and an advisor to uh, that former governor Dukakis, she got shunned by her longtime friend after having... She got shunned, shunned by, G- by Janet Yellen after Trump's election. And it's the book... Empathy Economics, Janet Yellen's remarkable rise to power and her drive to spread prosperity to suffering to all. It should be that. How horrible is that? People who do, that's lame. So lame. Police are looking for thieves who stole a dozen Mustangs from a Ford factory. How in the world? Uh, It's Woodhaven, Michigan, Detroit suburb. They're looking for thieves who stole between 12 to 15 Ford Mustangs from the Flat Rock Assembly plant. Two of the cars have been recovered already. The cars were stolen from a parking lot across the street from the facility. How do you steal how do you steal 12 to 15 Ford Mustangs from a parking lot by a plant when anybody could see? Unless they were all in on it. Yeah. They said that they were stolen around 2 a.m. Tuesday morning and they were driving northbound on Interstate 75. This is the second such theft in the span of less than a week. They stole another dozen from the same lot two weeks before. How in the world? You're, they're all in on it. They're in on it. Uber Eats is uh, considering 
te- well, they're testing self-driving cars in two states. Uh, Uber Technologies, California and uh, Houston, Texas. Mountain View, California and Houston, Texas. They're going to start with uh, self-driving cars delivering food. It's kind of interesting. Uh, and Ferrari announces its first ever four-door model, the high-riding V12 Purosang. It's like a crossover. It's only $400,000, you know, if you're interested. That's all. Yeah. Stick with us. We got more in store. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Historic laws like the infrastructure law. Republicans came across the aisle and they've worked with us. And we got it done. Over a billion, two hundred million dollars to reshape this nation's, uh, uh, this nation's infrastructure. What? Wait, what? Over a billion, million, two hundred dollars? Is that common core? He said a billion, two hundred. Wait, say it again. The the very end again. All right. What? uh, I got distracted by a meme for a second. Dollars to reshape. Over a billion, two hundred million dollars to reshape this nation. A billion over two hundred million dollars. Is okay. Is the president of the United States saying it's over two hundred million? It's a billion, or is he saying a billion to? I don't know. What is he saying? saying um, what would be one point two billion is what any normal person would say, but he's saying a hundred, or he's saying a one billion two hundred million. Okay. Well, when that, by the way, isn't the cost of the infrastructure bill? It's, it's like a trillion dollars. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's like trillion, three trillion if you count the one they passed in mm. November. Welcome back to the program. Your sweet, lovable. Precious moments, eyes, curmudgeon, Dana Lash here with you. Um, I know that's bad. That's he, he didn't have a great time yesterday. Oh, but here's also this too. Audio. I, I'm trying to figure out this. He said, this is on social security. This was Biden audio soundbite, 8,400 million to remind you, you paid for your social security. Every single paycheck from the time you're a kid. You paid for it. I guess he means... Now, I I have some friends who give no quarter. I mean, I don't either, but they will actually... They, they think that they that he was saying that, kids, it's child labor. I know what he's... He's not going to, I guess, when you're a teenager. Keep in mind, they believe that his 50-something-year-old grown man kid is a baby. Baby, little baby child, Hunter Biden. So does that make sense now, in that perspective? Oh, there's no money in the lockbox. I feel like, wait, hold up. This is the time. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before we go any further on Social Security, if my mother's listening, I need her to turn it off now because she'll throw things in the cubicle. You know how everybody has like their triggering issue? Man alive. I said one thing. (laughs) This is, let me illustrate really quickly and I'm going to come back to the story. I made the remark. I don't remember when this was, but I was like, well, let's just go ahead and privatize it. And, you know, actually, we shouldn't need it. I don't trust the government. And I understand her remark. She wants the money she put in. She's like, no, I'm not doing nothing until I get what's mine, until I get what's coming to me. Where is my money? They've taken my... And then she went off. And then four days later, she was still going. My point is that it makes her very angry. So... This is where she'll go from happy, funny Nana to like the eye of Sauron. Anyway, he I he's saying that, well, kids pay taxes and social if you're a teenager, you pay tax and social security. I get it. I mean, it should all privatizing. I love how Democrats spun 
allowing people to keep their money and determine how to invest it in, uh, instead of the government that just spends it and you don't have anything left and they got to pay you with money they take from other things. That is someone stealing your Social Security. That's literally how Democrats present it. They stole it. Remember Al, Bo- uh, Al Box, Al Gore with his lockbox? Mr. Uh, release my chakra, Gore. Lockbox. I'll never forget that debate. Well, I want to take your money and put it in a lockbox. Take your money, put it in a lockbox. Well, it's not locked. Or if it is, it's in the same kind of box that Karen Bass kept her guns. So I don't know. I mean, geez. they've raided pensions. They've raided everything. Oh, yeah. And st- they've stolen everybody's money. Good heavens. So, no. Oh, and then there's a... Uh, I got a couple other... Oh, I got a couple of... I don't want to... I can't play any of the Pelosi stuff. I just can't. I'll just... I'm going to scream. But see, the... I'm going to... Audio somebody at 11. So, Ron Klain was doing damage control it was bad they had james taylor they brought they they i i don't know where they kept him they uh, um i guess they keep him wrapped up in hemp and stored somewhere so and they bring him out whenever it just i still cannot get over that they had this dude come play an acoustic guitar and sing a song about suicide while the dow's plummeting and they're celebrating their tax bill I have never seen anything so amusingly ironic in my life. Well, in the past year. And it, it, I just, I want to take a snapshot of that. That is a living, that's a whole meme. That's a whole meme right there. Audio Summit 11. Ron Klain was talking to the media. He's trying to do damage control about in the Inflation Act. It's going to reduce inflation, maybe. This, this is some Olympics. Listen to this. Look, uh, first of all, though, uh, you know, core inflation was higher than we would like to see today. Inflation is coming down. Today's inflation report was lower than last month's, which was lower than the months before. Uh, we still have some work to do, Lawrence, to continue to bring down prices. As you mentioned, gas prices are down a dollar thirty a gallon still over the course of the summer. I mean, gas prices are still higher than they were two years ago, but they came down a little bit. That's better, right? Yes, yeah, just like it was in the olden days. What is this? What is his whole? No, the the core inflation wasn't what we want. I mean, the you know that's that's the other inflation. There's like the core inflation and then the outer ring of the inflation, and that is what came down a dollar. So enjoy your savings. <sighs> Breathe, everybody. Breathe. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what? Pretty. So. uh Let's play. I dropped this in earlier. I don't know if you guys, it's a, some delicious, delightful audio. Mr. Hank Johnson, the slowest speaking member of Congress. He's from Georgia. And he once said that you couldn't put all these people on the island nation of Guam because you would tip it over. I'm not joking. He said that. What his intentions were, I am not gracious enough to explore, but he said it. So that's what he said. It was years ago. He decided to compare parents at school board meetings to January 6th and suggest that everyone's a terrorist. Oh, yes, he did. Listen. Um, January 6th, 2021 will never be forgotten. An infamous day in American history. MAGA Republicans descended upon the Capitol 
engaged in an insurrection. Uh, they occupied the Capitol. Five people were killed. Hundreds injured, what? including hundreds of Capitol Hill police officers attacked and bludgeoned. Um, uh, it was uh, a day that we'll never forget. And people on the local level uh, at affected school board meetings, they won't forget the MAGA uh, Republicans descending MAGA. on their school board MAGA. meetings uh, MAGA. after MAGA. January 6th. Like January 6th, disrupting meetings, it was a co coordinated uh, attack happening across the country. American. Okay. Who all is Hunter Biden sharing his crack rocks with, guys? Come on now. It's not the Blarney Stone. It's a crack rock. Stop treating it as such. <sighs> the Irish will appreciate that. Was there any sentence that he spoke right there that was truthful? Because I didn't hear it. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so first off, uh, five people were not killed. Uh, there was a guy who days later ended up having a stroke. Uh, there was one person killed, and she was yeah. killed by police. Ashley Babbitt. That's the only person who was killed. What is he talking about? No, this is what they do. Democrats are like, well, someone who was there at January 6th, a year later... Dies of causes totally unrelated, and it's because of January 6th. January 6th killed him. That's what's what they're doing. MAGA killed him. MAGA. <laughs> MAGA. I'm so done with them doing I love this. I he's like, they descended upon the Capitol. <laughs> like, what, from heaven? They're like locusts, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, where did, what is he talking about? They're so dramatic. They're so dramatic. People at school board meetings will never forget. You know what? The people at school board meetings, there's, there are a number of Democrat parents leading a number of those groups challenging school boards. And they're not MAGA Republicans. They were the, they, it's not a coordinated attack. That kind of language is super stupid and, and really reckless. They want everyone, they want the left to think you're under attack. From what? Oh, you object to the fact that parents don't want teachers telling their uh, their kindergartners uh, about, you know, how dudes get it on with other dudes? Sorry, that doesn't have anything to do with learning the ABCs or just like writing your name. We have to make sure there's representation. There's a difference between representation and teaching kindergartners about how people get it on. Stop it. There's a difference between books like, you know, something from Mark Twain or even the Ramona Quimby series and the graphic uh, novella that shows a dude giving, you know what, to another male in the book that is in kids' libraries and was in the library of a school literally within a mile of where we are. And a parent who talked to us had found it, or rather her daughter did in the school big difference parents saying we want to be able to have influence here that's not an attack i'm so tired of people thinking that disagreement is an attack upon their person it is an attack upon their person here's here you have jill biden who said she's really against removing those sorts of books that i just mentioned 
And remember, it, who was the, it was the left that wanted to ban Dr. Seuss and Huckleberry Finn. Okay? Listen to this. This is uh, Flotus, Jill Biden, on this issue. Is there a balance between, you know, this book should be in the library, this book All is under books review. should be in the library. All books. This is America. We don't ban books. Well, your party does literally all the time. They've banned... They, you guys literally got mad at Cat in the Hat. You banned Dr. Seuss. You, you banned Huckleberry Finn. You actually banned them from being in the schools. What parents are saying... I mean, I can't even show you the images of the books because I'll get in trouble. I can't even describe them on air because I will get fined by the FCC for indecency. In fact, if I were to share these on Facebook as the mom whose daughter found this in the school right by our house, her account was temporarily suspended until she uh, g- deleted her post and agreed to not post. She had to, you have to agree, click and agree. You're not going to post anything like it again. And then she was back on a probationary period. She couldn't even share the images in a children's library on her Facebook page because it was considered too graphic and indecent for Facebook, but apparently not too graphic or indecent enough for a kid's library. There's a difference between a book like The Cat in the Hat and Mark Twain and a book about blowjobs. That's showing them actually happening in graphic form, all drawn out for kids to look at in a school, public school library. And the book is just gratuitous that. And they hide behind that. Well, we're teaching about you're not teaching about anything. This is actual. This is just like cartoon porn. That's all it is. Go get you a waifu. That's all this is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the gender queer book. There's a there's that what there's no reason it there's no reason. And this isn't about being first off the whole ban thing is totally a specious statement. And here's why parents were saying if you're going to put and this is how it began. Parents were saying if you're putting this stuff in kids schools, why were we not asked about it? Because this is something that actually completely goes past your purview as an administ- as an administration. This is a book that's talking about and showing in graphic form uh, oral sex. And more than that, actually. I mean, they have strap-ons and all kinds of stuff in this book. You cringe when I say it, but that's in a kid's library. And it wasn't just one. It was in libraries across the country. In fact, certain... Uh, what is it, the librarians group or whatever, they were actually recommending these books to read. How in the world is that academic? There's a difference between, like, pornography and a difference between Cat in the Hat. We're not the people freaking out over Pancake Mix and Mark Twain. We're not the people freaking out over this stuff. You, the left was the one who actually banned them outright. You have teachers, we had a teacher fired in a classroom here in Texas for defending pedophilia as, what did they call it? Um, minor attraction. That's sick. Parents were saying, you must ask us if we want these books in the library. Parents pay these bills. 
parents pay these taxes. Parents pay these salaries. Parents pay these bonds. Parents make these decisions. Parents facilitate these decisions. Parents must be asked about these decisions. It is a partnership between the school and the parent. And any resistance to that is a resistance of parental authority. And that is what this is about. Shame on Jill Biden. If only she spent as much energy actually understanding this argument as she does wearing her Dolce & Gabbana dresses and making sure she has the latest from, you know, the resort wear line and everything else that came out this year. Is it sexist? Yeah. Not really. It's actually not. It's accurate. Good heavens. All hat, no cattle. And that goes for women, too. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Two big stories to follow. Amtrak is canceling all long-distance trains beginning tomorrow, fearing the impacts of a looming rail worker strike. That's number one. And then number two, which we're going to talk about tomorrow, an email obtained by Real Chris Rufo. You remember the libs of TikTok story with Boston police and the Boston Children's Hospital? Well, the police confirmed they did not receive a 911 call about any bomb threat. Everyone lied about it. And we're going to talk about that in depth tomorrow. Kane. I robbed you on today in stupidity. I'm so sorry. Those were those are two big stories. We're going to unpack all of those tomorrow. Sign up for the newsletter for more at Substack link and all of my social media bios. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, like and subscribe. Great night. Have a great night. I'll be back with you tomorrow.